from the NLRPD to KTHV to behind the microphone. It's Scott Romine with Guatney Unplugged. Welcome back to Guatney Unplugged. I'm your host, Scott Romine. In this segment, I've been so excited about this, talking to one of my heroes, one of my absolute inspirations when I was growing up, uh, Larry Wilcox, of course, from Chips, one of my favorite TV shows when I was a kid. Welcome to the show, Larry. Good morning. Well, thank you. Man, just great to talk to you. Uh, hope to meet you in person here one of these days. Well, you're maybe the next time I'm in Arkansas, we'll do that. that. So you've been to Arkansas before? I have, just to kind of stop here and there, but haven't really had the time to enjoy it or visit it. It's a beautiful state. You should come out and see us. Uh, stay with yep. me. I've got an extra motorcycle. We'll have a big time. <laughs> all right we'll do that hey thank you for your service i don't know if everybody realizes you're a decorated marine yep back in the day 1967 i was in the good old marine corps in vietnam during the tet offensive and uh you know we were up on the dmz and uh had a lot of rich experiences with uh, a lot of great young men that served our country and you know, we're just really, really special heroes. So I'm uh, grateful for my time. And uh, you come back after that, and and what leads to thinking about acting? <laughs> well, I had done a little acting uh, before, and and I also uh, played uh, electric organ in a band. So I I thought of myself as a singer, musician, and an actor. And so I I studied acting before I went in the Marine Corps, and then when I got out of the Marine Corps. Um, you know, you don't know what you want to be in life when you're young. You're, some people do, God bless them, but I didn't. And so I thought I would go to med school, and um, and I think my ego said, you're going to become a doctor or a dentist. And so I studied both pre-med and acting, which is a kind of a contradiction. But the next thing I knew, I was starring in Lassie as a television series, and then movies of the week and guest stars on television and then chips and you know and then went on to produce a ray bradbury theater a television series on hbo and lots of other stuff so then you know the business was really good to me i i didn't really hadn't planned on being an actor didn't really understand and to this day don't appreciate all the celebrity pomposity if you will it's just a job so get over yourself but, <laughs> but it was fun you know it's so cool to hear you say that because, you know, it's easy to get an impression of some actors that maybe don't appreciate the roles that really made them famous or they kind of shun or I'm past that or what. And, and you seem to embrace it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm grateful because, you know what, I think actors, I mean, when you hear actors on talk shows, sometimes you end up not liking them because they're a lot different than all the roles they've played. But. I think when you, as an actor, you have to realize that, you know, you get, you're a brand and you get marketed every day by NBC or CBS or a movie or Warner Brothers or Disney or whomever. But the point is, is that you're part of branding the movie and then in fact, branding yourself. And if you don't, hopefully you don't start believing in all your publicity <laughs> and you realize that you're just a tool and if it's leveraged graciously and with humility, you know, it can be a lot of fun. Hey, you know, Larry, we're a, a car-oriented show, and, and I've read online that you're a race car driver. 
<laughs> yeah, I used to uh, race cars, you know. I mean, I was kind of a wannabe, but I was in the SCCA. And then I set, I don't know, eight international land speed records in a little LN7 Mercury and Bonneville Salt Flats. And then I raced uh, Class 8 trucks in the Baja 1000 and the Frontier 500 over in Vegas and the Mint 400 and all those desert races. I 130-mile-an-hour pickup truck that we would race down the coast in different uh, facilities that just beats the hell out of you and, and is really, really hard on your body. And uh, then I raced uh, Volkswagen uh, Rabbits for a couple years. That was fun. And you know, you 110 miles an hour maximum and Formula Fords and open wheel cars and, and, uh, Super V's. So, uh, I had a lot of fun with cars to this day. I, I really enjoy cars. I think that cars in most cases are, you know, pieces of art and, uh, the engineering in cars today, like, you know, the clutches in Porsches and the whole Porsche motor to me is just a fascinating a feat of engineering, but, no matter what the car is, we had everything from Mini Coopers to Jaguars to Rolls Royces, you name it. Do you, like, do you of, collect them? Yeah. Do you have a collection of cars or some favorite cars you've owned? I don't have a collection. I my my theory is is that you know I like to have a, a courtship, if you will, for a few years and then move on to a different car and experience different things. And so I, you know, I think I've. I had fun uh, initially. I had uh, I had um, Jaguars, XKEs, and oh, yeah. uh, and then I had uh, the Mini Coopers with the right hand steering with the balanced racing engines in them. And uh, then I went from the Jaguars to uh, uh, Rolls Royce Corniche, a convertible Corniche, and then I kind of felt like a pimp driving that. So. I, <laughs> I got rid of that and uh and I got a um, 930 turbo Porsche and uh, I had a blast in that car. And one day I came out to my parking lot when fax machines first came out and I was so proud of my fax machine. I was signing a contract with an author named Morris West who I was buying a screenplay from in Australia and I came out and my Porsche was gone. So they found it about 7 days later with my license plate, 7 Mary 3 from Chips on it. Oh, of course. In a, in a shell, but everything was gone, you know. So, But I've had a bunch of different cars, and now I'm looking at a, either a 911 Turbo S Porsche, or I may get a SUV uh, a Jaguar. I like that new uh, Turbo SUV Jaguar also. Well, we'll and sell I also you like a Suburban. The Porsche <laughs> we'll sell you a Suburban from Guadney. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, let me ask you about chips. Now, as I understood it, that thing was designed to utilize a under construction freeway to make a show right. based on having access to a freeway that was not done. Is that correct? Yes, yeah, we we used an old freeway that were a new freeway that had not been completed yet. And luckily, you know, we'd go out there every day and blow up cars and go off ramps and wreck them and so on. But we were the only ones on the freeway. And if you look at the show, sometimes you'll see all of the traffic going one way and you look on the traffic on the other side. There's no cars on the freeway. So, uh, <laughs> so we weren't so good at faking it at times. But it would be really difficult to shoot chips today because 
Uh, there's just no freeways available. And you did a lot of the writing, correct? Yes. Yeah, I did uh, most of the writing. I did, uh, of course, I rode motorcycles before and after chips. and uh, But I went through their California Highway Patrol training, which I learned uh, really a lot, how to lay down that big bike and high-speed braking where the rear end comes around and, you know, doing figure eights in a really tiny little area where it's just clutch and brake, clutch and brake. And I always say, you know, anyone can ride a motorcycle fast. Not many people can ride it slow and balance it. And so, you know, I learned a lot. I rode most of my own stunts, but really hairy stunts like catching on fire and flipping the bike and head-ons. I let the stuntmen do those. Hey, I want to ask you about someone. You had the opportunity to to work with Lee Marvin in mm-hmm. the sequel to The Dirty Dozen. What what was that like? What was he like? Well, he was a great uh, kind of icon. You know, I was in the Marine Corps and he was in the Marine Corps. So we had a little bit of rapport before we started and, or respect, I suppose, for each other. And, uh, you know, I wasn't quite sure what to expect from him because he was uh, older and, and really not in great health with his emphysema, having a hard time breathing. But, um, but when I did my scenes, I they shaved my head, and I played this little nerdy guy in Dirty Dozen 2 where he's playing uh, baseball with no baseball. He's that illusionary, and he's <laughs> pinning medals on himself and from <laughs> killed Germans, and, you know, he's a weird dude. And uh, so Lee Marvin was really, uh, you know, complimentary and kind of admired what I had done as an actor in that, that role, and we got along good, and you know, it was really great working with uh, such a great actor as he was and, and a great person. He he was, you know, the only thing some people might have misunderstood, he was grouchy during that time because he was really having a hard time breathing. He, in between scenes, he would be on an oxygen tank in that damp uh, weather over there in England. And when we filmed Dirty Dozen, the, the uh, American dollar was really strong, so... I mean, we lived high. <laughs> we had a good time. Man, you have had a phenomenal career and, and love keeping up with you there on Facebook. And we're out of town uh, a time, un- unfortunately, but we could talk to you all day, Larry. Thank you so much hey. for being on. Hey, thank you. And God bless the people in Little Rock, Arkansas, and Arkansas in general. And God bless the SEC. Thank you, sir. <laughs> and please come see us. Come see us in okay. Arkansas. Thank you, sir. Scott, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank uh, Scott Romine, Guatney Unplugged. That was so cool to talk to one of your heroes. See you next week on Guatney Unplugged.